Brothers, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they wanna borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. Now y'all really didn't think we would leave you without a Rise of Skywalker episode, did you? Surely I mean, they know it's better than that, Dave. You this would think so. This is a big deal. But we we did we did say, hey, we won't see you till January eighth. But you, you can't go that long without talking Rise of Skywalker, right? No, not at all. Okay, I so, can at least I haven't gone minutes without talking about it. Oh, I haven't either. I haven't either. I, I've thought about it. I mean, when you popped on here, what was I listening to? Uh, the I soundtrack. Mean, it sounded like it, it was. Yeah. It was actually the Rise of Skywalker theme. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So do so, me a favor. Before you introduce us, okay. put the big tag to tell everybody there be spoilers ahead. Go. They sub be spoilers in this episode. <laughs> no. Why won't you show your face? Are you a Gungan? Sorry, that's a little Mandalorian reference. No juju. No juju. <laughs> if you don't want spoilers and you listen to the hunt, besides... Uh, if you don't want spoilers and you listen past this point, it will be Pudu. Pudu. And you will tell me and Dave Uchuta. Uchuta. <laughs> All right. There are spoilers. As you said so eloquently on the, the 19th when we were all sitting in the theaters, there's more spoilers in this episode than there is in an IndyCar race. So <laughs> if, if you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, pause. Go watch the movie. Buy your come tickets. Back. <laughs> Go see <Yes>. it. <laughs> then come back and listen to us. Then also, even though they've already recorded their episode, go listen to I Am Geek as well. Yep. Because they, they also have another spoiler episode, and they went for two hours. I doubt we're going to go for two hours. We could, because Adam and I have a lot well, of opinions about this. <laughs> it depends on how strongly you feel about one point that it seems obvious you're going to make. Um, oh, I'm going to make that point, and you're, you're <laughs> going to make your the anti-point, and I think we're all going to disagree on that. That's true. But, but, spoilers. All right. Phenomenal brother, Adam Russell. I'm doing you first Hi. this time. Hi. Middle of the state of Florida, House of Mouse, St. Cloud. Boom. Boom. Golden Voice of the South. That's the human jukebox. Since this is a bonus episode, I can sing on this one. We're recording it before the... Uh, see. This is a bonus episode. Uh, bonus. It was, it was not number of episodes. It was a date that was given. Fine. Okay. Broken Just sing and give jukebox. more money to the kids, man. Come on. Broken human jukebox. <laughs> all the way from the top of the state of Alabama, although you get Christmas first, the top of the state of Alabama. All right. So, overarching thoughts. Let's just let's just dive. Yeah. 
Overarching thoughts, Adam. Where? What do you think about Rise of Skywalker? I um, I'm not I'm not exactly sure how to put it in, into a concise set of words, so I'll ramble for a bit. Uh, um, really? I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, really. Me ramble us. I um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good, a really good entry into the Star Wars um, line of movies, the franchise, and I um. I feel a little bit like after I got off of Rise of the Resistance, where it's just like, wow, at the end of that movie, it's like, what just happened? Like, you have to do it a couple more times, or at least one more time to kind of process and pay attention, because it's just like a whirlwind. And I read a lot of reviews that said that it, it didn't seem to want to linger on one shot for more than five seconds, and it just never really found its footing, and, and all those kinds of things. And I disagree with most of the reviews that you'll read on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'll get into what I think about those in a little bit. I think overall, though, I think that there was enough humor to keep it funny. There was enough emotion to keep it relatable. And there was enough action to make it Star Wars. And I think they struck a pretty good balance. I won't say that it blew me away because I, I kind of measure sci-fi superhero type movies against the way I felt walking out of Infinity War. Because at the end of Infinity War, for me personally, for me personally, leaving Infinity War, every wow sorry <laughs> that sounded heavy was that your iphone 11 max that was my uh, iphone 11 max, max actually yeah but um i um when i left infinity war it was almost like a little bit of a punch in the gut for it to end on that note for those of us who don't follow the comics closely and are, are stay spoiler free and aren't well versed in the marvel universe i don't know that a lot of people saw that heavy of an ending coming and I think that, you know, you, same thing with like Empire Strikes Back, that, that type of movie is kind of where Star Wars measures, because I see Infinity War as the empire of, of Marvel. But I, I think overall, it hit the balance of all the right notes. It checked all the, the boxes of references and things, and even tied up a few loose ends from the, from the original sequel, original trilogies. And um, overall, I enjoyed it. My son loved it. And, and I think um, if you look at it through the lens of did I have a good time at the movies, did I enjoy myself, and did my kid, at least my son, my daughter slept through the whole thing, but did my <laughs> son enjoy it, and my wife went too, and she enjoyed it as much as I did. We all had a good time, so it was a good time at the movies. And and I don't know, and again, I'll get this into this a little bit more later, I don't know if you can say any more than that. If, if there's anything else you should look for in, in this type of a thing, but uh, I'll let you share your thoughts, and then we'll go a little So I, I disagree with you on that, Adam. Uh, <clears throat> I think that we, as Star Wars fans, are allowed to put a little bit of a is this a good Star Wars movie box on it. Okay. And I think that, yes, this was a, a great Star Wars movie. I think mm -hmm. it was, we'll get into the rankings later, but I will put it in my top 30% right now. Um, but... So that would be top four at this point in time with all the movies that have been released. Right, it would. It would. Yeah. Um, I think J.J. did a great job of putting in all of the fan service that he put in in Force Awakens. And I think that's what Ryan Johnson didn't do a good job in uh, The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson basically went into The Last Jedi and said, what can I do? to write a new movie, to help my new trilogy. Because at that point in time, Ryan Johnson had the new trilogy. And so I think he was setting up his new trilogy in The Last Jedi. What J.J. Abrams had to do was tie up the entire nine series 
in a nice neat bow and JJ did a great job of that he gave us the here comes the first spoiler he gave us the the beautiful ending the same way it began looking into the sunset on Tatooine the, the two sunsets on Tatooine looking at the force ghosts of the Skywalkers that's my first that will be one of my first issues as well but we'll, we'll get into that later uh I do like the fact that A, we finally got to see Ray with a bow saber. I wish that we got a little bit more of that in the movie uh, because Ray, as we know, is a proficient fighter with the bow. So why can't she have a bow saber? I understand that we want her to fight with Anakin's Sky or Anakin Skywalker's saber or Luke's saber or something like that. Cool, but let her have her own saber. We know now she's not a Skywalker, spoiler two. So let her have her own yeah. saber. Well, Why can't she have that bow saber? But she had to get there eventually anyway, because that's the mark of becoming a Jedi, that you've completed your training, is when you make your own saber. Right. So, I mean, she had to get away from the one, from the original ones anyway. I, um, I would have liked, I agree with you, I would have liked to have seen just a quick little, like, montage, maybe with her, like, hitting a few things and, like, using a double-ended Darth Maul-style thing, but yellow. Right. Right. And the, uh, spoiler number three, and then uh, and then uh, is it yellow or like, orange? Because it looked orange on my it, theater. It's kind of a golden one. From it's like a yellowish, like the one that they. If you put the yellow Kyber crystal in from one you get from Galaxy's Edge, it was that mm-hmm. kind of a color. Okay. But I um I think uh, I want to I want to go back really quick because I, I agree it was a great Star Wars movie. I think the point that I was trying to make and didn't do it very eloquently was that I think that people are looking into it far beyond. Was it a good movie? Was it a good Star Wars movie? Did I have a good time at the movies? And are looking at it. The reason I disagree with a lot of the reviews is they're looking at it almost not even with a microscope. It's like they're looking at it with a microscope through a negative lens, like seeing the reverse of the movie a little bit. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But so, so overall, you would say top four or five for sure. Oh, it's overall, it's okay. one of my favorite Star Wars. Okay. It, it truly is, and I think it it does a great job to what George Lucas initially wanted the Star Wars universe to be. I think that that we as Star Wars fans know that Lucas kind of got a little awry to, to what he wanted it to be and got a little bit too much in his own head. Yeah. But I think this does four, five, and six justice. Yeah. I agree so, with that wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go into just aspects of the movie. We're not going to go scene by scene because, I mean, we've only seen it once. But we're going to go overarching theme. What did we walk the- away with? Right. Okay. Uh, I'll start this one. Kylo Ren's redemptive story. I mean, we all called it. We all knew Kylo would drop Kylo and go to Ben Solo. I mean, I think you called it the best at the end of Force when you said that Kylo didn't kill Han. Han killed himself to keep yeah. Kylo from going down that path. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree with you. Um, now, yeah, I, don't it they, I don't know that they specifically addressed it. Um, I, they I, when, didn't. When, when Han, so huge spoiler, when Han shows back up, right? I kind of expected that if that was true, that's where they would have addressed it. Um, so I think that they're leaving it as he really did kill him. But then at the end of the day, you know, that. I don't know how Han showed up. It must have been in Ben's own head, but um, it's in his head. I mean, he said. Like, I think he he almost said it himself. Yeah, but I think that that showed him that you know his family and his heritage and lineage is more than anything anybody else could have provided him with. You know, right? Um, 
and that that was one of my favorite that, that's where when people say that the, the movie felt soulless and it, it was too efficient and didn't have enough emotion it seems like that where it's like did you get up and go to the bathroom yeah. at that point in time it's like where were you in, in that kind of moment or even though it was a red herring when we thought Chewie had died I mean those types of things it's like I, I just where, where were you <laughs> You know, yeah. do, do you oh. feel solace when Leia, even though we know that wasn't Leia or, or Carrie Fisher leaving the scene, we know that Carrie Fisher Leia had to die in this movie because yes. she's not alive to film this. Yes. How can this movie be solace when Chewie hits his knees and lets out this huge scream when he finds out that Leia's yeah. dead? Yeah. There's there's no there's nothing in this movie that's solace. No. Now. Okay, there might be because Finn is seeing all these stormtroopers as being just people, and he goes, you know, oh, those are people in the mass, and then he shoots one and goes, woohoo! You know, so <laughs> there might be a little bit of that. I mean, you just killed maybe one of your friends. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. But there might be a, a tad bit of that. But for Star Wars fans, when you see Leia die on screen, when you see Han come back, and even say the iconic, I know. Mm -hmm. Before he says, I love you, Dad. He just yeah. says, I know. Yeah. If you didn't shed a tear, one, when you saw Han on screen, and two, when he says, hey, kid, and I know, yeah. then you're not, a, I, I'm going to say this, and this is probably going to be very controversial, then you're not a true Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, again, it, it just goes back to, and I guess this is a good point to, to drop it in, but it, it feels to me like a lot of people, and I think there was a group of people that see Last Jedi through the same lens, that because it was so different, there's nothing about it they're going to give credit to. There's nothing about it. And I think mm -hmm. that what caught Last Jedi in that kind of a storm, yeah, was Ryan Johnson, number one. I think the second was that overall, it kind of came out that there was no overarching plan. And I think once that story broke, it changed everybody's mindset at that point. And people right. were gonna go find things then to prove that, oh yeah, there's no plan and that made it bad. But I, I think that with Disney specifically owning Star Wars, it honestly does not matter what they would have done. Because with Last Jedi, they made a completely different Star Wars movie that flew in the face of everything. Luke throws the saber over his shoulder and he's a disgruntled old man and none of it was what anybody expected to see. The critics loved it, the audience hated it. So now you make Rise of Skywalker and you go back to J.J. Abrams' formula and it, feels, it almost feels like Last Jedi didn't even have to exist anymore. You could have almost done that in a book <laughs> or a comic series yeah. and skipped it all together and it wraps up the story and the critics hate it but the audience loves it and we find ourselves in that kind of a state where somebody is going to say whether it's a writer for the new york times or the atlantic or a guy on his keyboard on facebook somebody's going to say this movie was just a desperate cash grab by disney to cash in on a branch a franchise they spent a lot of money on and it's like well any any type of movie any studio makes is to make a profit if they, it doesn't matter how many fanboys and fangirls and fan others are out there in Star Wars in the galaxy. <laughs> Let's assume they're aliens that like it too. It doesn't matter how <laughs> many people are out there that like it. If it doesn't make money, they're never going to make another one. They do not do it for you right. as a person. 
as an individual. So if you thought Snoke was going to sit up there and be the villain to beat all villains and it was going to be awesome, and if you thought Luke was going to show up and give this long speech about his lightsaber in both of those in Last Jedi, and in this one, if you thought there was going to be some weird spinny twist where something happened that no one saw like Ray really was a nobody, they're not making it to match your theories. And I know that's hard to hear for a lot of people because the keyboards and Facebook today give us a lot of say. And anybody can make yeah. a podcast. Trust me, we know that. We've made two of them. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so I think a lot of people forget that, A, movies are supposed to be escapism. So when people talk about logic not existing, and how, how in the world could the emperor possibly be alive? Dude, how can people move things with their mind? I mean, you have right. to already go in with a little bit of escapism. And then to to go over this movie with a complete microscope of every individual thing that happened and only seem to pick out the negative things for two straight movies now it's been either the critics or the fans it's just too much it's like that's why i said what i was meant to say at the beginning of it's too much stake in it yes we've invested a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of our our lives watching buying things talking about star wars but they don't even have to make them anymore they're not doing it for us. They're doing it for a profit. So to call They're it, doing it for money. like, okay, yeah, yeah. Anything anybody makes is for a profit. It's a cash grab, technically speaking. But right. with this one, what I think they really did with this one is I think they kept the tone. They kept the tone really even from the first one. I think they went down and, and it is almost does feel like they made a list all the way down of the things we got to check off, not just to tie out this story, but also to tie out overall what we're going to do for all of the movies, like Chewie getting his medal at the end. I mean, that was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, is it fan service? Absolutely. Is it something that needed to be done? In the Absolutely. Story? Absolutely. I mean, you know, so I am, um, I think overall, I just, again, I, I watched it. I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time at the movies and I feel like the star Wars franchise is better for this movie. And I right. felt the same way about solo. I had a good time watching it and I feel like we know more about Han than we did before. So people who didn't like that one too, it's like, what are you really expecting out of this? We also know more about Lando because of Solo. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and having Lando in this movie was awesome. Yeah, and that's actually one of the first points I wrote down when we were making notes for this is how good the Lando character played out. I didn't know really what to expect with Billy D. Williams because it took me a little while to get into back into Leia's character. Yeah. And, and not with Han as much, but Leia, it took me a while to get, okay, this is Princess Leia, you know. Um, he literally she looks so right different yeah exactly and and, and th a lot of things were different and just with Lando it just felt like he eased right back into it you know he really, so well, I, I think um, it's easy because he he said his his famous line he yeah. says I have a bad feeling about this yeah, immediately exactly. almost yeah and, and Leia yeah. almost wanted to be different from princess she wanted to be known as I am a general yeah yeah so it was it was a totally different it was a 180 from Princess Leia to General or Ogana or Organa or, or whatever. Organa. Organa. Sorry. Organa. Yeah. Uh and and Han was still Han no matter I mean even if he looks like he's 90 years old and he I mean, does. I lo I love him to death but Han is Indiana Jones is blah blah blah. I mean, you know, it's all this they're all the same buckling, rambunctious little guy who runs around even even in uh, uh, Air Force One, he's that type yeah. of guy. Yeah. So it, it to me it was I agree with you. It was hard to get into that Princess Leia General Organa character in yep. in this series because she's totally different looking. And, and I think that they did a great service to her 
Actually, I think that, that Carrie Fisher as a person, I think that she knew she was going to die before the next filming because all of those scenes were not, that was her. It, the only scene that wasn't her was the CGI when it was young Leia and young Luke. Well, they used stuff. I, I read somewhere that they used things they had already filmed. Right, so she so they had like, already filmed. They had above, already done some of the post prod, and they had done some of that stuff. And I wonder how much of that even was left over from from the first time around, and how much they included it because it seemed pretty seamless to the story. So yeah, yeah. however they did it, they did a really good job with it. But I, um, yeah, I, I liked with Leia too that, and I and I guess this fits in the bigger topic. So I'll open this bag. All okay. the things that they did to either tie up loose ends from or slap less Jedi in the face. It either slapped less Jedi in the face or it tied up some loose ends from it through most of the, of the picture. One of them was that, all of that. <laughs> Leia actually finished her training and yeah. had a lightsaber, which means that she was a full-blown Jedi, which finally explains why she flew like Mary Poppins back to the ship when she was sucked out into space. So it doesn't make that scene any less cringeworthy, but at least it's like, okay, now we know why. Now we Before, know why it was just like she opened her eyes and she was just like floating, you know, and it was just odd. But um, at least that gives that a little bit of credence. But I think the the one thing um, I liked, and and I never I never bought into the theory. And I think the problem is a lot of people thought that Kylo Ren was telling the truth. But when Kylo Ren said that Ray's parents were nobodies, and now of course in this movie you find out that's not the case, a lot of people did not like Last Jedi because they took that for gospel truth that, he, that she ends up being a nobody. What the heck? We thought we thought she was supposed to be somebody. We all thought she was, a, and it turns out that that was he was just lying to her to get her to take his hand, mm -hmm. you know. And you find out now that even Luke and Leia knew that she was a somebody, and and Luke knew that's why she had so much raw power. And it just well, there were a lot of the things like that. I think my the one you brought up that I didn't catch was Luke's first line in Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. So why don't you talk about that one? It was such a slap into the face of the Last Jedi. I mean, the first time we see Luke in Rise of Skywalker is when they go back to Octu and and Ray is about to say, "I'm staying on this island. Screw it!" And she throws Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, into the bonfire, and you see a Force ghost of Luke's hand catch it. Yep. And before we know who it is, we know it's Luke because you hear Luke's theme with with yeah. uh, John Williams. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, this isn't how you treat a sacred weapon of the Jedi. Yeah. Right there is, Ryan Johnson, you're a bleeping idiot. Yeah, since he had Luke throw it over his shoulder. Yeah. Right. And I think that, I, by what I've heard, Mark Hamill didn't like the direction that Ryan Johnson took Luke. So I think that Luke might, or that Luke and... Mark Hamill to me are interchangeable, yeah. but yeah, of course. to me, Mark Hamill enjoyed saying that line a little bit too much because yeah. I think that he he realized that Luke wouldn't have done this. Well, and the the thing about it too is that it doesn't just show that they're they're kind of thumbing their nose at Last Jedi, but you know we've had lots of conversations and and comments on Facebook about character development. That for me right. is one of the biggest points of character development is that Luke in Last Jedi was finally to, able to find enough peace with himself and peace with the idea of the Jedi Order that he's stopping Rey from making a mistake. And he's actually yeah. now teaching her, rather than disgruntledly sharing his story and saying, I won't train you, 
this is not going to go the way you think and all that stuff. Now he's actually trying to take that step and, and be a true, you know, master in that sense, as much as yeah. he can be um, dead. But, but I think um, that, that showed a lot of, a lot of kind of Luke's circle too, that he went from, you know, so collected in, in Return of the Jedi, you don't see him again until he's a disgruntled old man. Now he's that same kind of collected Jedi master that we saw the first time in ROTJ. So I thought that was a good point. I almost wish that Mark Hamill had shaved and, mm. and lost a little bit of weight. I, <laughs> who am I to say that? Well, hey, I man, let me tell you, when they showed the Luke and Leia training scene, and it was young Luke and young That was Leia, all CGI. Come on. I know, but still, that was, that, that caught me off guard a little bit because I was expecting, like, we cut his beard and dyed his hair like they did in Last Jedi. Right. And it was actually really, like, young Luke and young Leia. That, that one caught me by surprise a little bit. That yeah. was pretty cool. I, if we were going to go non-disgruntled Luke and we were going to go non-disgruntled Jedi, yeah. then then let's shave his beard. Let's let's have him be the Luke that we we knew him to be, yeah. uh, because if you expect us to believe that when Anakin became one with the Force again, and he goes back to Hayden Christensen, which will bring into one of my points later, then let's be young Luke in the Force. I understand. Could that, could that be J.J. Abrams' way of arguing the point that it should have never been Anakin? It should never have been Hayden Christensen? It should have been the original. <laughs> it should have been the way it was to begin with. Could that be him arguing that point for all it, of us that it, it believed that that's the case? Yeah, Might have been, but I believe it should have been Anakin. Not whatever his so name is. So speaking of which, Dave. Are we going to go into the bat, the points that we would change? Or are we going to stay here for a minute and stay with the good? Oh, we can stay here for a minute. I can throw one out there. Holy okay. crap. I literally said this out loud in the movie theater. I said, holy crap, it's Wedge. Yep, I did too. Wedge made a cameo. And I knew they were talking about cameos, and I was kind of hopeful because I've been listening to Resistance Reborn. And part yep. of that is Snap Wexley goes to see Wedge and Nora, his dad and or his mom, and Wedge is his father, his stepdad. Mm -hmm. And um, he goes to see them, and they're trying to recruit him back. And I was hopeful that Wedge would end up in it. When he shows up, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I dig that, man. Bring back yeah. all of those guys, you know. So that was one of my favorites. I enjoyed that. And then also, I enjoyed the fact that we saw the Ewoks. There was yes. just a snippet the of the Ewoks. Why couldn't the Death Star have fallen on Endor and we'd see more of the Ewoks? I kind of wanted more of the Ewoks. In, yeah. Well, the it did land on Endor, right? No, it landed on the moon of Endor. No, the moon of Endor is where the Ewoks are. It's the forest moon. No, he was on. They, the Ewoks, the Ewoks were on live Endor. on. No, the Ewoks live on the forest moon of Endor. Okay, now we're looking this up. We don't have to look it up. It's a fact, dude. The Ewoks were on. They were in the Battle of Endor. The Battle of Endor took place on the forest moon of Endor. Even the Emperor himself in this throne room calls it the Sanctuary Moon. Okay, come on, dude. Okay, well, why couldn't we? Why couldn't this had landed? <laughs> On, on the, the forest, forest moon, moon it would have Endor. crushed the Ewoks, and there wouldn't have been much of a movie. Oh, you never the whole know. forest is on fire. Smoking. Give the us more Ewoks. Uh, why couldn't we have had more Ewoks? <laughs> I'm I just mean, glad we didn't have any Gungans, man. For goodness sake. Oh, come on. They need to have a little bit of Gungan. No, they don't need any Gungans. You still want Gungans? They, they, I was so done with them at the end of that movie when that guy grabs that little glowing thing. What the heck was that? And he goes, blah, 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 like, no, I'm done. I'm done with you guys. Okay, fine. I'm done with you guys. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, we got Gungans. We got Porgs, which is probably the only good thing to come out of uh, The Last Jedi. 
So, I, okay, there were two good things that come out of Last Jedi: Porgs okay. and and Luke Skywalker's little yeah uh, yeah dust off his yeah. shoulder thing. That was uh, those were the two good things that come out of Last Jedi. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, Babu Frick. Okay, yes, that's a good. That's a new awesome. good character. He was so Babu cool. Frick and he or she, uh, whatever it was. Carrie Russell's so cool character. Yeah, Carrie Russell's character was good. What was I like that it, it gave Poe Dameron Zori, a backstory. Zori something. Zori okay. Bliss. Or Z- I'll take your Zori word for Bliss. It. But I, I think that we need that could be another storyline. Let's let's go back to to younger Poe. Yeah. Let's find out what he did with that group with Bubba Frick and, Z- and Zori Bliss. Yeah. Uh, I think that that'd be a great a great yeah. new Star Wars movie. But the biggest Star Wars movie I think that we're going to see going forward. We know we're done with the Skywalker saga. Yes. And Daisy Ridley has already said that Rey is done. She's not playing mm-hmm. Rey anymore. Okay. So if we're going to do a new Star Wars saga, let's find out who that girl is. You know, the, at the very end, when they're all on the, on the, at the Rebel base, Lando is sitting down with the new yeah. uh, Stormtrooper, ex-Stormtrooper, and she says, I don't even know who my family is. And Lando says, well, let's go find him. Yeah. That's your new storyline. Could be. Yeah. I think there's several of them. There's so many different comic series and books and movies that you can make off the different the different things that happen mm-hmm. in there for sure. Yeah. I agree. And, and sure. one thing I want to get back to what you said earlier about Ray not being anybody. Ryan Johnson versus J.J. Abrams, all the fanboy service and all that stuff. Uh, I think what Ryan Johnson was trying to to purvey is that Ray was nobody. And that went against J.J. Abrams' storyline that, that he wrote. Because, you know, the end of, of The Last Jedi was that little boy pulling the broom to him. Mm-hmm. The yep. Force finds who it wants to find. And, and I think that was what Ryan Johnson was trying to purvey because he was going to make the, the new trilogy at that point in time. Yep. It was this new family that found the Force. But I think J.J. Abrams, and you see this in the the Force Awakens, he was calling that, that or saying that Rey is somebody because she's starting to see these flashbacks of her being left on Jakku. Mm-hmm. If you look into the the uh, the Last Jedi, that those flashbacks were never there. Yeah. So I think that that J.J. was saying, "No, Ryan, she is somebody. Yeah. This is what I was trying to do." Well, now yeah, we're going takes, to get in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now we're going to get into the point, the bad things that that we would have changed. Well, I want to say really quick. It takes that whole vision, the the hole in Act Two that was calling her, and mm-hmm. she fell down it, and then she was in that long hallway, and it was just her. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that was supposed to portray. You know, you are. She said, "I want to see my parents," and it was just like an infinite mirror of her. Like, you, there's nothing there for you, you know. And I think that I, I can see how that was trying to. But I'll say that if. If she ended up being nobody, I don't know how that could have ended the Skywalker saga at the end of the day. I mean, well, I, I don't know how that would have wrapped anything up. Because it, for me, what, what I take away from the movie at the end of the day, before we talk cha- things we change, what I take away from it at the end of the day is that Palpatine, when he was Chancellor, he was able so easily, barely an inconvenience to, to say it, like, he was so, it was so easy for him to manipulate the Senate into the vote that they, he wanted. And it was mm-hmm. so easy for him to get things to go the way they wanted and to turn Anakin. Like, he knew exactly what to do. So he's probably, I would say, the most powerful Sith 
that's probably ever existed. And it mm. literally took Luke, Leia, Han, if you count them as a Skywalker by marriage, and Ben. It took every person in the Skywalker... And Anakin. And Anakin. It took every single one of them to kill the Emperor. And at the end of the day, honestly, it wasn't a Skywalker that did it. And that's going to be one of my points, too. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it took that entire family to stop him. He was so powerful. And I'm going to say Darth Tyrannus was the, the, the most powerful Sith. Well, I don't think anybody really knows enough. I don't know anything about Darth Tyrannus. Or Plagueis. I don't know Plagueis was the one that, that figured out how to cheat death. But the only okay, person yeah. that killed yeah, yeah, Plagueis yeah, yeah. was Palpatine. Yes. Okay, yeah. Or Sidious. Yeah. So... I, so so let's go into what we would change. The, the first thing I would change, and this is not talking about the company you work for, so but just just go with me here. Yeah. If you're going to do a Star Wars saga and you know going into it that you're going to do three movies, you don't let the directors write the movies by themselves. I agree. You get into a room, you do a think tank, and you do here are the plot points we want with these three movies and we write all three movies together and we have an overarching theme of all three movies for George Lucas and all his faults with one, two, and three he knew what he wanted to do, he knew what three was going to look like after one was written, he knew what two was going to look like when three was written so we knew the storyline going forward Yeah, I think that Disney the fault with Disney with 7, 8, and 9 was they didn't write them all at the same time. Yeah, and I, I can't believe that, that there was no overarching story because if you look at the connections they've done between Black Spire and the books and the movies and, and Rebels and all of the interconnectedness that the stories have now, there had to have been an overall plan. What I think they allowed too much of is I think they allowed too much artistic license. Yep, And I think that's what really got him into trouble at the end of the day. I think they wanted Ray to be Force-sensitive and have a story similar to the first Star Wars movie where there's a new threat that has to be defeated, but then it's not completely defeated, just the immediacy is gone. Then you move into the next movie and Ray has found Luke. Now she begins her training and she finds out it's more complicated while the resistance goes down and gets dwindled down to nothing. The same kind of arc as Empire Strikes Back, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that they knew that's where they wanted to go. But I think when it came to like who's the real villain and what happens to them and okay these little things these little sub points they left a lot of that to JJ and Ryan and that there's why you've got this you have Force Awakens then a dip for Last Jedi and then we're back to Rise of Skywalker and it almost feels like again you could remove you could have tacked on 30 minutes to the beginning and end of each movie and had two three hour movies and gotten the exact same story right you know because Last Jedi doesn't just tie in as seamlessly and 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 that is a shame overall. Um, because I, I honestly think Last Jedi is rewatchable to an extent. Um, I think all three of them are. It's just, um, it, it'll never feel like the experience that I think, you know, you talk about fan service. I think the fans expected more connectedness and more, yeah. you know, just seamless transitions and that kind of thing. But that's been the one thing you've seen is directors leave and writers leave and people come and people go. Ron Howard, will you come save Solo at the last minute? And it's just a lot of that kind of turmoil that, that lends itself honestly to, I, I don't think it's hurt the stories as much as it's hurt the films as a, as a solid piece of art. But I think more than anything, it's hurt the press. 
I think one of the reasons that Solo didn't have a lot of people show up at the box office, I mean, we went to Solo here, again, in Mayberry, but we were literally the only ones there 30 minutes before the show. Wow. And that's even a big deal here in town, because there's, there's a lot of people in town that love it, and a lot of people in this area that do, but... I think I think the one reason Solo felt like it did was because of all the stuff they had to get the new writers and new directors and people just assume it's going to be bad. Yeah, you know, and I think you got to get that kind of stuff under control. And I feel like they have with Rise a little bit, and hopefully it continues on from there. But even with the new trilogy, there have been people come, people go, people come in, people leave, and that kind of stuff just has to stop overall. So yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that that Disney would have done better to do that, but but I agree. I mean, with one, two, three, four, five, and six, the original six, we didn't have. I mean, the internet was there in one, two, and three, but it wasn't there like it is now. And so, even though one, two, and three probably was brought thought of as bad in the the press, we didn't have fanboys, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Twitter to go on and say how bad you thought it was. So Star Wars fanboys can be fanboys, but then they could talk to your to their friends. Yeah. But now we've got the problem of more than just the free press. Yeah. I, I think the problem with the first three two or episodes one, two, and three, not the first ones, but um I think the problem with those three, especially episode one and episode two, is it was the only thing we had back then. So we watched it and we liked it and we just bought the VHS. You talk about the Walmart midnight release mm-hmm. of the VHS we did like because it's all we had. Now it's not all we have, and we have other things to compare it to. And honestly, a lot of the CGI and a lot of the stuff just doesn't age well. Right. Like it was written for a younger audience at the time. And it's like you watch the first Harry Potter, but when you watch it now, it's like cheesy kids movie compared right. to Deathly Hallows. You know, same kind of thing. It just didn't age well given the, the age of the internet and just how we've all grown and, and all yeah. of that. But, um, Very yeah. true. I think the one thing for me... Um, it's not something I would change. It was just an interesting point that I don't think was negative, but it felt a lot like Harry Potter <laughs> because you've got this villain who was dead but clung to life and gets his life power from others, and it's almost like you know their bond that gave him the power at the end. You know, the, your strength of your bond gives me power. It's like that was a Horcrux, and and yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and then everybody kept saying, "We do this together." We'll do it together, Harry. You know, just, <laughs> just, you know so Blair actually said that. I like that movie. It was a lot like Harry Potter. So, you know. Um, but uh, but there was a lot of that in there. I think the one thing, the only negative I walked out with, to be honest, the only thing was there was no direct connection. And I know if they had put it in there, people would have screamed cash grab all day long. But I expected a brief scene or something of Batu. There was. I expected. Yeah, there I was. Know, but it was like, it was when they were hyperspace skipping or something like that, mm-hmm. right? But light it's speed. like, no. They call I, it light speed skipping. Well, light speed skipping. But I want to, I want like Leia to make a call to somebody and it be Vi. Vi, Vi, yeah. You know, I want Vi to be on the horn and be in the movie just for a second. And then they've established where it fits and why it's there. Because I think that was, a, that was a criticism of the land that a lot of people shared was that, where does it tie in? Okay, fine. You're letting me live my own Star Wars experience. That's what it's all about. And you didn't want to replicate anything in the movies, but why does it even exist in the first place? And I feel like yeah. that would have helped it a little bit. But I need it. I, you're right. I, I did need a little Batu, bit more. Because I love yeah, I need a Batu. Yeah. I think anyway, it was, it's a great that's, thing. That's really the only done. thing I would change. So What about DO7 or whatever his name is? Oh, I like do, that. Do guy. we... 
Yeah, it's awesome. But what was his point? Face? Yeah, what was his point? Um, just to bring in a new character. Well, I mean, why not? But you got that in Bubba Frick. Yeah, and Zori Bliss. But why not? I mean, what was really the point of of the character that I can't think of her name? Carrie Russell's character. You, you said her name. Zori Bliss. What was the point of her at the end of the day? I mean, to show some Matt's backstory. Matt could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so what, what you're really saying, in the, so what you're really the, saying the is Dio Seven or whatever the droid's name is is there for toy sales? Is that where yep. you're going? That's where, where I'm going. going. <laughs> That's where I'm going with that one. Yeah, because um, the Star Wars movies have never been about licensing. Not at all. <laughs> uh, so storyline, what I would yeah. have changed. There's two big major things I would have changed. Okay. Let's talk about the end. Where she says, my name is Palpatine, or my name is Skywalker. I'm Ray mm-hmm. Skywalker. Yep. Great. You have, we've said it on here before, you know, brothers, but not by birth. Uh, so, you know, no, you don't choose Adams. I don't choose Russell. But she is choosing the name of Skywalker because she knows that family. Um. I almost would have chosen to stay with Palpatine to say, but I am a Jedi like my master before me, Luke Skywalker. Okay. Um, Kind of, instead of calling it Jedi, why don't we call it the Skywalker Patrol or something like that? Because we've already known that it's time for the Jedi to die. I think this movie said differently, though. uh, It did, but... I think but we've it was gone said past that, right? And then the other, well, okay, I would change three can things. We, can we can we can we wax lyrical on that one really quick? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Were, were you about to say the second one? Yeah, I was about to say okay, the second yeah. one. Let's wax lyrical on that really quick. So, if can you imagine she's a Jedi Master and she goes to Coruscant or you know somewhere and they form a new council? She walks into a party and she's like, "Hey, everybody, look, it's Ray Palpatine," and the room goes silent. I mean, but, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I wouldn't choose that name either if I was her. Even, But I can argue your point only because of the fact that her parents tried to save her and her parents were Palpatines. Right. Her parents actually tried, and I could see her flashing back to her dad saying, you'll be safe. And I think that's when she could have said, I'm a Skywalker. Or my, my last name is Palpatine. But mm-hmm. the real people that brought her up and raised her in a sense and trained her were Luke and Leia. They were the first, like, almost parents they would had had, any parental figure she had had. So I can see her going that way, too, um, because she, her parents were taken when she was so young. But I, I, I think it, you could argue it either way, honestly. And, I don't and, know that I would change it, but I can see why you would say that. Let's also say this. Changing it does not change the plot at any No, moment. it only changes your interpretation for what happens next, which isn't even a thing. Right. And we, we know that that's it only not the changes thing. the fan fiction people will write about what happens next. Right. <laughs> and, and well, not fan fiction. I think we will see a what happens next in Disney canon. Oh, we can see uh, a book or something for sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. see a few books. Now, yeah. read books, read comics, because that's what will happen. Yeah. Um, the next thing I would have changed is it shouldn't have been Ray that kills Palpatine. Okay. For two reasons. One, Ray sa- or Palpatine says to Ray, "When you kill me, you will become the next Sith." 
and Ray ends up killing him anyway. So, okay. My other issue with that is too that if if Ray has to kill Palpatine, if he is forcing her to kill Pal- to kill him to take the throne of the Sith. She was doing so unwillingly and laying down her life to save her friends. So does that truly make her embrace the Sith side? Or is that really what the light side is about? Hmm. I don't know that I follow that completely. Okay. So the first time she goes to see him, and we don't know that Ben is coming. Well, we do, but we don't know that Ben is coming. Yeah. He's sitting there on his in his little mechanical device saying, you have to kill me to mm-hmm. take your place on the throne. Yeah. He opens up his throne room, and you see all of her friends basically losing because the, the Falcon and the mm-hmm. other and the ghost yeah. and all those haven't come back. And he says, if you don't take your rightful place, your friends will die. So the only reason she would, quote-unquote, take her rightful place is to save her friends. So is she truly succumbing to the dark side by killing Palpatine and, quote-unquote, taking her rightful place? Or is she doing it as an act of selfless laying her life down to help her friends? So she wouldn't be a Sith at that point. She would be... and I, Yeah, I think that's the distinction. I think that when she's laying there and she's not getting back up, the fact that you hear all of the voices... Now, I'll give you a nice segue into your next point, but the, the fact mm-hmm. that you hear all of the voices of the past Jedi will her to get up and do it, I don't think that at that point there's ever a chance she could go Sith. Even okay. if what he said... Because I think even if what... Because what Palpatine's always done is he's—I have foreseen it. You know, Luke's going to strike him down and all this. What Palpatine's blind spot has always been is the goodness inside of the unexpected person. His his bias has always been to expect somebody to turn or to expect somebody to stay dark. He doesn't see Ben, Kylo turn into Ben, and he doesn't foresee Ray willing herself forward with the encouragement and probably a little bit of the power of all of the previous Jedi. And I think right. once you see that, there's none of his predictions could possibly be true that she would turn Sith at that point. And, okay. I, and I think that's what sets the difference. Now, in terms of what it means, like we said, if, if Kylo had done it, then finally a Skywalker has bested Palpatine. Which is finally why happened. I think you know? Kylo should have been, should have been the one to do it. Because the very first thing we hear about Kylo is him talking to Darth Vader's, Darth Vader's burnt mask yes. saying grandfather I will finish what you started meaning the empire well yes yes but how cool of a double meaning would it have been yes. if Ben was the one to kill Palpatine truly finishing what his grandfather started yeah that that would have been that would have been pretty cool I have to say that that's again one of them though that if he had done it versus she had done it Mm, it would have changed. You could argue it either way. But what, what would it really have changed, though? She wouldn't have been because, the last of the Jedi because Ben would still be around. But he would then be the last of the Jedi. So it would be two. You'd have two Jedi. No, but, but Ray was there practically dead, right? So you could have had Ray there practically dead. You could have had Ben then swoop in and kill him. 
then still will her back to life with the Force and then be gone, and she would still be the last Jedi. That's what I'm saying. Everything after that point could have happened exactly the same. It's just who ended up killing him. You know, I don't think it changes much because you still could have pushed the story along the same way. But that's true. And and that's at the end of the day. The beauty of this is a we've invested enough in it where we like to debate this kind of stuff. But b I think Rise of Skywalker did enough things right where the stuff that people, especially like us right now, have ended up debating would not have drastically shifted the whole thing or made it a completely different movie. I think they hit enough of the right points. And that's honestly why the bad two things, the only thing I would say, but I know you have one more that you're fairly passionate about. So I want to save time for that. Yeah. (laughs) This is where you and I are going to disagree. Very much so. Oh, very much so. So what we use as Squadcast is they allow us to to choose a, uh, a little handle. We get to call our file. My file today is named Hayden was robbed. Mm. Yes. He had the biggest balance the force like I once did. And he had two or three lines where Luke and, and Mace Windu and Yoda and, and all of the other Jedi only had one. But one, I think that he should have been in that throne room. He should have been a force ghost to where he comes back and helps Rey defeat him to show her how to defeat Palpatine as he once did. Two, he should have showed up at the very last scene where she's looking into the sunset and you see Luke and Leia. It should have been every preview, every Skywalker. We should have seen Ben. We should have seen Anakin. Yep. I think that Hayden Christensen deserves a lot more than what we have given him as Star Wars. I've argued it two or three episodes before where I said that he played the part perfectly for what Lucas told him to play. He he used, uh, um, what's his name? James Earl Jones. He used James Earl Jones' you know, speech pattern to talk as Anakin. He studied it. And if he had come back and proved to be the Anakin that he wanted to be, if he had come back and, and basically been Anakin's savior actor in this movie, it would have basically redeemed Hayden Christensen to the Star Wars fandom. So I think Hayden Christensen as an actor was robbed. Not Anakin. Yeah. Hayden Christensen as the actor was robbed. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have made for an interesting visual if you would have seen like Ahsoka and Anakin... But I think it gets kind of problematic because I think that, I think that it, hearing all of those different voices and being able to place most of them right, I think means a lot to hear that it, it builds up to that point where he says, I am all of the Sith, meaning every Sith mm-hmm. is within me. And she gets to stand up and say, I am all of the Jedi, meaning I'm the only one left. You know, same words, different meaning. And I think they, have, they willed her along and it was neat to hear that. But you think about how do you visualize that? Do you want a CGI Alec Guinness? Or do you use... You do Obi-Wan at that you, point in time. What's that? You, you do Ewan McGregor. But that's not the Force Ghost, Obi-Wan. I just think, I think visually it's problematic to show that. You know? Because we've only seen Ahsoka in CGI. You could pull something off, maybe. But I think that, that um, it's difficult to visualize that, I think, number one. Number two, I applaud JJ because it fits in with my theory that... He believes that the older Darth Vader should have been the Force Ghost like he originally was, and so he didn't want to make Anakin the Force Ghost to go along with it, and he disagreed with it so much that he didn't show it again. I just I think it's di- visually difficult. Now, 
did I expect at some point him to show up in the movie? Yes. Am I surprised that he didn't? Yes. Would it have been cool to have Luke, Leia, Ben, and Anakin all there at the end? Yes, it would have. But um, I don't know that I would say Hayden was robbed because I honestly think that he robbed all of us and he should pay for it eternally. Well, I disagree with that because, I mean, <laughs> how can you say, I mean, we've already said that, that George basically wrote one, two, and three wrong. He did. He wrote it two flats. And so he played the part, Hayden Christensen played the part exactly how George Lucas wanted him to play it. So how can we say that Hayden Christensen robbed us? Can we so, not then say that George robbed us, not Hayden Christensen? I think the script was too, it's too steeped in politics to begin with. There wasn't a lot there that would keep people's interest for long periods of time. Cartoony characters, and it felt kind of kitschy. You know, all those kind of things added up. It was the late 90s anyway, and a lot of stuff was that way in the late 90s. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I think all of that aside, though, um, I, I don't disagree that there could have been a bit, little bit of redemption there for, for Hayden Christensen. I don't disagree with that at all. And I think, and I think it would have been so, neat to see that. Because you've, you've already established that they're not going to re-release the original versions of the movies without Hayden Christensen as the Force Ghost. That's been established right. that they're not going to. So at that point, you might as well. Yeah, let him yeah. have it. Let him, yeah. let him be that person. So, yeah. I mean, basically, Star Wars ruined Hayden Christensen's career. Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he's good enough of an actor to play anything. That, that's my problem with, with your reasoning, is seeing him in other things, it's almost the same. He was in one other approach. movie called Jumper. Yeah, what I've seen of other things is it's it's not great. So, you know, I don't know that I'll agree with Star Wars. I think that he just wasn't... That was his peak, and I think he peaked early. Well, probably. Yeah. But, I mean, he got to play one of the, the most iconic roles of all time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, yes, it might have, quote-unquote, ruined his career, but he will forever be known as Anakin Skywalker. So, and I do think that... So the, the prophecy was one shall be born that will balance the force. Mm -hmm. If Anakin truly did balance the force, then how did Ray come along? Cause Ray because Ray was an it, unbalance. Because it, it was never balanced to begin with because Palpatine survived somehow. Mm, that's true. I, I, saw, I saw a video on, on YouTube about... Um, it is a very basic premise, but it has implications all the way into Rise. Is that um, the, somebody asked the question, why does Kylo Ren punch himself on his wound in Force Awakens in the snow fight? And they said that it's established at certain points in the movies, I think in the books more or one of the TV series, that um, pain can drive, I think it's actually with Darth Maul, that pain can drive the Sith more than anything mm -hmm. else. Right. And that's why Darth Maul survived like he did, because the pain that he felt made him so enraged that he was actually able to keep himself alive in time, in time or long enough to turn into a little iron spider, <laughs> you know, and eventually get legs, right? But um, I, I think that that lends itself to a reason that Palpatine could have actually been alive. And if Palpatine had survived, something had to rise to, to meet it, especially if Luke went into hiding and disconnected himself. And, and wasn't going to let himself step up, somebody had to come along. So yeah, that's where that's she true. comes in, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for the almighty question. What's that? Let's take Solo and Rogue One out of this. Oh. 
Because Rogue One and Solo are very good movies. And we, Rogue we, One's my you, number one. Well, I'd agree with that. Yeah. You and I both have said that we would put Solo a lot higher than most people would. And that reminds me, I need a Guardian of the Wills movie, like last week. Yeah. With that, I am the I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. That dude, I need him in a movie. So I do too. That's a topic for another day. But so let's 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 take let's just do the nine Skywalker saga. Rank them. Mm. I know what your first is going to be. What do you think my first is going to be? Return of the Jedi. No, it's not. Oh. My first is actually Empire. Um, Empire is actually, I think, one of the best movies of all time, period. Because um, you took something that was popular and you continued like and made it even better. Right. Um, with one of the biggest cliffhangers, I think, at the time before it, you know, it was a quote that everybody said around the world. I think that at the time that surprised people more than anything else. I think it ever has in cinema. So I would say that Empire is one. I would go Empire, New Hope, and Return of the Jedi. I don't think, well, I take that back. Empire, New Hope, and then when I get to Return of the Jedi, I start to blend in with some of the newer ones. Um, so I would say tied for third is probably Return and Rise. Okay. And then I'm going to say Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then 3-2-1, or 3-1-2. Really? Yeah. I have no okay. love for the for prequels at all. Well, then you and I are going to differ greatly. Good. <laughs> we should. But uh, I honestly, I honestly, I have not maybe one or, two, one or two other times in my life watched the original ones if they're on TV or something like that. I haven't shown them to the kids yet, and I have no interest in, in watching one or two. Three I'll watch. Three but is the best. But it's just so overdone. It's like listening to overproduced music. You know, watching those movies is just like listening to something that just is, it's like some Christmas songs. Like all I, okay, how about this? Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm-hmm. If you listen to that song for two hours straight, that's what the first three movies are like to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Empire. Yep. We Return agree. of the Jedi. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Okay, yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Wow. Mm hmm. New Hope. Um, Force Awakens. I know, I know. Phantom Menace. <laughs> the Last Jedi. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. So. What and I, I knew Last Jedi would be down there. That doesn't surprise me. We're not incredibly different in terms of anything other than Revenge of the uh, Sith. Other than Sith being so high. So what moment in Revenge of the Sith feels the same to you as Luke hitting that shot on the Death Star? Mustafar. That, the entire ju- scene of Mustafar. Oh my god, they're jumping on these tiny little things. In that lava, their clothes would literally be burning. I get it that they are Jedi. But their clothes would literally be on fire that close to lava. Stop going with logic. You said it yourself. No, no, there's one. You no, there's, said it yourself. No, there's Stop. one thing. You, you be quiet. Stop with logic. <laughs> there, there's one thing to say that I'm not going to apply the real world's logic and say that a Sith can't keep themselves alive. But there is nothing in the Star Wars universe except maybe hearing explosions in space. There's nothing in the Star Wars universe that physically. Like, when you talk about the physics of Star Wars, 95% of the time it probably actually works. 
I mean, of course, space flight and re-entering the atmosphere, they never heat up and all of that. You know, ignore all. They, they would literally be on fire. You mean to tell me Jedi have fire-resistant clothes? I just, the Mustafar scene, the end of that, where they're up there, and I have the high ground and all of that, that is great. Uh, that that scene, I, I think, is great for Star Wars. You find, See, to me, to me problem, that defines Hayden Christensen's acting. Okay, so if five the, minutes the whole it takes scene, to convince right. you that... Three other movies because, or two other movies are completely because he how breaks out. The, he is he breaks out of that James Earl Jones mold, and he finally see this hate, this anger, this I hate you. So in other words, scene. you finally see some kind of acting range. You finally George finally lets him do his chops. Yeah, okay, I can go along with that. Okay, maybe it was, but I just the, part of what gets me about the first three movies, and I, I'm trying to think. I might be painting myself into a corner by saying this, because I'm not exactly sure on the last three, but part of what gets me in the first three movies is that they jump off of like these impossibly large buildings and then grab onto this little bounty hunter's drone. And it's like, Jedi are great, and they're powerful. Ah, come on, man. You just wanted to show off how you could CGI somebody falling off a building and flying through the air. And I mean, Yeah, Mustafar, there was a lot of that. Mustafar, to me, is that overproduced... We're battling for like 15 minutes and jumping on all these little bitty things and still fighting, but nobody's really tipping over or falling. And it was just like, it's just like, okay, we get it. it. Just get it over with, you know? The best lightsaber battle of all nine movies. Even even Phantom Menace with Qui-Gon, Darth Maul, and everyone? Yes. Because that's the only scene. That was the, that, that lightsaber scene in Phantom Menace was the only thing about that entire movie that actually felt like Star Wars to me. Oh, and let's bring let's bring this up. Okay. Did you watch Mando 7 yet? I have not watched Mando 7 yet. I was cutting the grass. Just a little behind the scenes stuff. He texts me at like 11 o'clock. Hey, watch Mando 7 before we record. I'm out there doing yard work. What do you want me to do? Let's see what, what time you I text you watch Mando 7. Uh, let's see. It was... Nine o'clock. On the dot, nine o'clock? Nine twelve. So ten twelve. No, nine twelve your time. Which is almost eleven o'clock if you round it. No, it's eight twelve my time. So I'm going to spoil (laughs) something for you. No, no, I'm putting you on mute. I'm going to put you on mute. Do not spoil Mandalorian. I wanted you to watch it because... Do not not spoil Mandalorian for me. I will not forgive you. This is what you know. You know this happens. We find out about healing powers in Mandalorian 7. Okay, and I I think the reason that they they wanted Mandalorian seven to come out before Rise is so, so people could, would yeah. so would watch that. So if we know about healing powers, see, just like Harry Potter, of course, Phoenix tears have healing powers. Right. Sorry, keep but going. if we know about healing powers, there, why didn't Obi Wan go and heal Kyle uh, or Qui Gon Jinn? Hmm. It's a plot hole. Yeah, and a lightsaber hole, too. Mm, ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, but that, that's my one big thing. I think that's why, you know, we're all like, oh, why did they do Man- uh, Mandalorian 7 before? Maybe. Uh, what about what if? So Mando 7 is like five-something years after Return of the Jedi. So what if only after Palpatine was not destroyed but significantly weakened, was there enough balance in the force for healing to happen through the force? I could, I could see that. Boom, baby. There you go. I could see that. <laughs> okay, that that's that's a good 
a good logic. See, we point. should be writing for this stuff, man. Look at us. I know. Come on. I know. But that's that's my thing. I think Mandalorian Seven was put out there so people would to know about that idea. the yeah. Force healing because ninety percent of Star Wars fans have Disney Plus and have been following Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's true. So there you go. Very true. All right. So on a watchability scale, one to ten, rewatchability is this a a ten for you? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a it may not be the first thing I go to every time, but it will definitely be rewatched. I'll rewatch it again. And it will be something that our family does too, for sure. Yeah, I'll go to the theaters and rewatch it. I don't yep. care. Yep. So, all right, those are our thoughts. Like we said at the beginning, if you want more thoughts, go check out our friends over at I Am Geek. Uh, even though we've had some some quabbles in the past, we are burying the hatchet. <laughs> well, the quabbles simply exist around the fact that they won't admit that there are any redeemable qualities to the Last Jedi. <laughs> It is funny. I have to say, me and Ryan do agree more right now about this movie than we have about any other Star Wars movie, which really that we've known each other, which is really Last Jedi. So it's been refreshing. It's impressive. It's been good. But no, um, give them a listen. (laughs) And I think uh, the WDW couple posted something too. They went and saw it. They went and saw it. I don't think they've actually posted anything. We might try to get some thoughts from them. Yeah, and see if we, we need can't to pull something out of those guys. We, we've been trying. We need to. We need to pull Josh and Taylor's thoughts. Sure. And uh, you've seen us on Twitter talking with uh, a couple of friends of ours that uh, are actually friends of Josh and Taylor's as well, uh, Brandy and Dave. Yep. We're going to have them on the show uh, in the new year, so I think that's going to be a cool thing to, to look into. And they do as YouTube well. stuff, right? So they do YouTube. They've got their their own. Uh, uh, podcast as well. So that's some required homework for everybody too. Go check that yep. out. Go check out Brandy and Dave. Check out the WDD couple, WDW couple. Why is that so hard to say? Listen to our, our bingeable three. Uh, there are three of them. And uh, go listen to this one and let us know your thoughts. And if they want to let us know your thoughts on uh, a phone number, what's that number, Adam? 650-UAB-SHOW. Dial it out. Listen for the tone. Leave us a, leave us, leave us a voicemail with all <laughs> your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have changed about by the Skywalker? No, seriously, wow. give us a shout. Drop a comment, send an email, whatever you want to do. Um, hit us up with your thoughts, and, and we'll discuss it. Yep. Facebook, as always, just search the uh, search Unrelated at Birth. Find us in the group. We haven't talked about the group in a while. Yeah, Unrelated yeah. at Birth fan group. Um, you can find us on the website, unrelatedatbirth.com. We have a bunch of new shirts, or not new shirts, but a bunch of shirts, a bunch of hats, a mm-hmm. bunch of aprons, pillowcases, all that fun stuff to, uh, hey, to go and shop for. how about a whole line of Hayden was robbed merchandise day? That would be awesome. <laughs> Why not? Let's get it out there. That may be our first Dalester exclusive. Hayden was robbed. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that on ours because of the whole Disney can we? Oh, I got to think about that. Okay. Anyway, finish, <laughs> take us out, Dave. Finish it up. <laughs> All right. Twitter, uh, not related, uh, not related bros for the podcast. D Adams 419, run tide run for Adam. Uh, on Instagram, D Adams 419, run tide run and unrelated at birth. Guys, I hope you enjoyed our, our bonus spoiler episode. Uh, like we said, please let us know your thoughts. Uh, We're recording this before Christmas, so I will say this here. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you all on January 8th. Have a good end of the year, and see you all next year. Love you guys. Bye, guys.
Hayden was dropped. Hayden was Christian should be in this movie more. Yes, <laughs> oh, he, he should. should. He was wrong. He is not. <laughs> Your thoughts are irrelevant. Yes, they are irrelevant. They are just irrelevant. like Hayden Christensen.